Welcome to our podcast, Talk To Me Sister. I'm Kathy. And I am Sarah. And we are twin sisters documenting our surrogacy journey, discussing women's health, motherhood, and all the details that led us here. Our mission is to not only educate and inform, but to spread joy and hope through our story. Thanks for following along. Hey. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Welcome, everyone, to our podcast. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. We've got so much to talk about. And this episode today is an extension on our past episode on Sarah's cancer diagnosis. And we thought it was really important to share so everyone knows where we came from and Mm -hmm. how far we've come. Today's episode is a follow-up on post-treatment and a deeper dive into Sarah's recovery and healing. So it's also important to share our hard stuff and our traumas, but it's even more important for us to share how we overcome and how we continue to overcome. So our surrogacy journey, really when we started our podcast, has taken place several years after the really hard stuff. So it does help (laughs) when we're on the other side so we can tell the story But when you're in it, it's so freaking hard. And Mm -hmm. so we also want to give light to that and also comfort people who are in those places. But we're excited to share the recovery part, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and it's a reminder of hope and redemption and that there are happy days ahead. You do have to cling to that, too. And so whether we see it right away or not, we know that Satan means to to take things and Mm -hmm. use it for darkness and destroy and God uses it for good. And we're firm believers of that. We rely on faith and trust and it's hard to feel that when you're in it. So we're hoping that our story can remind people of that for sure. Mm -hmm. And so we're thankful for that promise of hope, but we're also thankful for science and medicine because in your cancer journey and in surrogacy as well, we've needed both of those. We've needed science and medicine Mm -hmm. and Western medicine and modern health advances, but we've, we've also just really believed. And I think that the mind and the body are very connected. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. So, so many good points there. You just said, we are thankful for the doctors and the science and all of the things because they are anointed and we are thankful for that too. So, yeah. So Sarah's going to talk a lot today about, about what guided her in her treatment and what really helped her. So Sarah, let's dive in. Why don't you like start off by telling us how you felt after your last treatment session yes. and how you decided to kind of move forward? Cause it was hard. We talked last time about how that last stint of chemo after your hysterectomy was just a really hard place for you and really our tough. whole family. So mm-hmm. how did you feel after that and what really helped you go forward? Yeah. So and I've said this before, and I think this I said this on the last, healing and trauma both, healing is an ever-changing tide. And so I think that on the last round of my treatment, you know, when the cancer came back and I had to basically start over, I was in a really dark place, like Kathy said. So, and of course today, you don't just wake up one day and you're, you're fine. I mean, healing and healing from trauma specifically takes a long time. You take three steps forward, one step back. So you just got to give yourself grace because even now today, I'm still healing. Right. That's the reality of that. And um, you can you can feel really good mentally and physically 
and emotionally for like a year. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's triggers and trauma. And I think that's such a normal thing, right? Like Sarah, you can talk about this, I guess at another time or now, but Mm -hmm. you still struggle with like, oh my gosh, what if it comes back? Or is this pain in my arm or my leg? Like, is this just a normal pain? And I would have never, I think about that and I'm not a cancer survivor. I'm like, oh my God, I have a headache. Do I have brain cancer? And I'm like, you know, I'm not a cancer survivor. So I just can't even imagine the constant fear. Maybe that's something you can touch on or like how you work through that. I will touch on that. And I think that we should do a separate episode just on trauma and anxiety because there's so much to unpack there. But yes, the truth is, and I asked my doctor this too. I'm like, am I ever going to feel normal? Am I ever going to like feel something in my body that hurts and not think gloom and doom, not go to catastrophic thinking? The answer is yes. The further you get away from the trauma itself, the more healing that happens. Like they say, you know, time is healing. It's really true, but it's, it's a process. It's a mental struggle. It's a constant, ever-changing tide. It's working on your mental health, a lot of prayer, a lot of the things, but I will touch on that for sure. Um, So of course, you know, I was pronounced cancer-free after a second wave of treatment, a hysterectomy like we talked about. And honestly, after my last treatment, I was crawling barely. I started my journey, you know, I started it really strong. I started it really strong mentally and physically, and I didn't end so strong. And I had to give myself grace that that's where I was. I remember asking my doctor after my last treatment. So I asked her, I was like, so I just go back to normal life. Feels really odd to just have been through every single day of your life. You know, you're fighting for your life. You're focused on treatment. That's the one goal of the day of the week. And to just all of a sudden go back to normal life. It's, it's, it was really hard. Um, but you do, you grab hold of the things that you're thankful for. You grab hold of the truth that you know. Those of you who know me and know us, you know that I'm a strong believer and my faith is my rock. I could not have done the hard stuff without Jesus. And that's just the plain and simple truth. I wash healing scripture over myself daily. Mentally, I need to get myself out of a dark space. So I'm a firm believer in scripture, positive affirmations, working on your mental health, working through the trauma. I had a friend give me a podcast recommendation, actually, by the man named Graham Cook. He has a podcast called Brilliant Perspectives, and I encourage anyone to subscribe because he's brilliant. He has the most peaceful, soothing voice. He reads scripture aloud to you. He reads um, positive affirmations to you. It's really helped me even today with anxiety. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fears still to this day and I, he's amazing. Go subscribe to him. So even post-treatment, when I was gearing up for healing from the actual treatment itself, my faith, Jesus really pieced me back together. My family support, those months were really, really hard for me. Kathy, you guys sat with me. You loved me. Even if we didn't do anything, we just sat. And just having support around me really was healing in itself. Mm-hmm. But before I talk about the physical recovery, the mental recovery, I knew that I needed to do something immediately because I was getting to the point of being in such a dark place that I couldn't function. And that was scary. I knew I needed to put the trauma to the back of my brain. 
so that I could put one step in front of the other, if that makes sense. I just needed. You needed like an actionable thing to do. Yes. I needed, I was like waving the flag. It was like, I need a tangible somebody to step in who knows what they're doing and like uh, help me because I can't even walk. So while I knew the truth, I knew I was healed. I just needed a lifeline. So my doctor, my oncologist, she really gave me confidence. She reassured me that, you know, it's okay to ask for help. You've been through a lot. Give yourself some grace. But she recommended um, a psychiatrist and a therapist who specif- um, you know, specialized in EMDR therapy. I had never heard of it then. It stands for eye movement desensitization. I can't even say that word. And Desensitization? Process- <laughs> Thank you. Desensitization. It's like such a big word. And reprocessing. So reprocessing was the big word for me that stood out. I researched more, and you can do your own research, you know, on the side about this, but it's it's great for Trump people who have gone through trauma. It basically takes the trauma that's in the forefront of your brain, the fears, and moves it to the back of your brain. And I'm not a scientist or a psychiatrist or a therapist. So you're going to have to use Google to give you all the deets about that, about this. But, um, but I remember you saying like, you would have to process those days, like those hard things. And you would say it out loud until, until it got easier and right. Or like less details. Like when you go through trauma, Mm -hmm. you generally remember, and you've said this, like you generally remember what you were wearing, the smells, the mm-hmm. weather outside. Like you remember these really specific details because you're all of a sudden so your mm-hmm. adrenaline is so high because you're in this life-saving, like chemical thing that's happening. Yeah. So, right? Like, doesn't this yeah, whole process it, minimize some of those things and feel make it feel less traumatic? Right. It feels um, so. It's a process where you recall distressing images, like you visually recall the images and you speak out loud and you recall the moments that gave you the trauma. That's hard. It's really hard. So I did eight weeks of this. They recommend, you know, eight to 10 weeks of this. I kid you not. It was a lifesaver for me. The first couple of weeks, they always tell you it's going to be the hardest because you're, you have to mentally go back to that place. So specifically for me, my moment was when they told me my cancer came back. So I had to tell her what the nurse was wearing, how the hospital smelled, how I remembered the shoes I was wearing, how I remembered mom being there, you know, all the specific details that you really do remember, you have to verbalize them. And all while you're doing that, your eye, it's like your eyes are following this light. I know that sounds so silly, but do your own research on EMDR therapy because it's fascinating and After a few weeks, it's really wild how this happens. It teaches your brain how to rewire certain traumatic events. So it was crazy, Kathy. By the time I got to week seven, I was barely recalling certain moments. That's so The details were like fuzzy. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about them. I would wake up and have a whole day where I didn't think about my cancer or the journey or the trauma. 
It's like and, erasing your memory, which is so cool. It's like when people go through bad breakups, they're like, yeah. like we should just it's a, forget. And it's like a way to do that. That's crazy. I know. I was like, are they giving me a lobotomy? Um, but <laughs> I mean, you don't forget. Here's the thing. You don't forget trauma, but it rewires this part of your brain where it's like your fight or flight mentality kind of goes away. It, it's like telling your brain that. Um, you know, after I recall the memories, I would have to put, you know, visualize, visualize myself putting the memories in a box and burying the box and like putting dirt over the box and you kind of make it your own, but you visualize this over and over, over and over again. And there's some scientific way where the memories are buried, so to speak. Anyways. It's so wonderful. It's we incredible. won't talk again, the magic yeah. of, of science and research and brain health. And I and just mm-hmm. blown away and grateful for resources like that. I know we need to have, we need to have some body on that, um, like Special. a therapist or a specialist in the EMDR because it really is fascinating, but that really helped me a lot. Obviously normal counseling, normal therapy, all of that I would highly recommend. Um, and I, and I do that as well. So, but writing really helped me writing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That helped me meditating. The biggest thing for me when I was told I had to go back to normal and you try to put your life back together. I just had this moment where I was like, what do I want my life to be? You know, my life before was really hectic. I was, you know, I didn't have much balance in my life. And I knew going forward, I wanted to create a life of balance. I wanted to create a life of healing. I wanted to do things that made me happy and brought me joy. And so that kind of restructuring, you know, having the time to heal from treatment and kind of getting the second chance at what you want your life to be, it was really therapeutic and healing for me to kind of rediscover what made me joyful, rediscovered you know, things that I needed to create balance in my life. I do remember that even in treatment, when you were in treatment, you were painting and writing. Mm-hmm. And these are things you hadn't done and made time for mm-hmm. in years. And it was like your outlet and kind of the only thing you had energy for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think when we're thinking about physical recovery, we're like, oh, you had cancer you're physically recovering. We often forget the emotional time mm-hmm. and also just like the rest, like rest is so important. Mm-hmm. I think for me and you, and I'm sure people listening, like rest is always the really hard thing. Cause when you're mm-hmm. done with all of that, you're like, okay, time to get back to life. And right. you can't do that. Like you can't do that after what you went through. Oh, I couldn't. And it's funny that you said that because now in this phase of life, we have a lot of people that are going, wow, you guys are starting a podcast. You're working, you're painting, you know, you got your real estate license. You're doing all these crazy things. Like you're doing everything. Yeah. You're doing it all. And <laughs> you are like, doing a lot, by the way. <laughs> I, am, I mean, I am doing too much. Um, and I told mom this, I'm like, you know, when you've, when you've spent a year in bed yeah. and then spent almost a year after that recovering in bed, it's almost like this seize the day moment. And yes, I am creating more balance. I have to say no to some things. I'm cutting back on certain things that I, it's a constant process for most people. (laughs) Yes. I mean, everybody goes through that, right? But the rest thing, like you said, is so important. And it was important for me, you know, now I'm in a place where I feel strong again, I can do more things, but it was really important for me 
right after treatment to not feel like I had to throw on my shoes and, you know, just hit the ground running. You know, it was really, my doctor was great too, to just give me good advice on resting and being gracious with myself and giving myself time to heal. It was kind of, it was nice to rest in that. That's great. So. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that's one reason I, it's, it's so important. It's often put on the back burner. Sometimes I will work with people who are eating right and exercising, but they're mm-hmm. still struggling with their health, whether it be, you know, headaches or weight loss or fertility, like whatever. And it's like, they're eating right and exercising, but the one thing they aren't doing is resting. Mm. It's so, or managing their stress. And that's <laughs> such a hard thing to do. Like, it's like, manage your stress. Okay, good job. You know, it's like, yeah. there's like, you you do have to have some actionable things to do. Uh, and that's another topic for another day, but you know, I feel like the people listening are like, okay, well, what are the tools to manage stress? Well, you know, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a couple things you've already said are so important. Mm-hmm. Like you were, you were finding things that you could do that brought you joy and brought you life and helped you feel like you were moving forward, mm-hmm. like painting and writing that were not necessarily go, go, go. Like your body didn't feel under stress because sometimes our minds will feel good, but our body feels under stress. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I know yeah. everything's going to work out. I know I'm healed, like you said, but your body still feels attacked. So our bodies are really smart. Like our body's main goal is your survival. <laughs> so yeah. if we're constantly going and running and going from work to conference call to lunch with friends and then late nights and caffeine and sugar and all these like stimulants, right? then our body feels under stress, even exercise to an extent, like high intensity exercise is a form of stress. So sometimes we just have to make time for good quality sleep. We have to do anything we can do to our body to say you are safe. So basics like limiting caffeine, limiting sugar and other stimulants, getting good sleep, making time for things that you enjoy, Mm -hmm. not doing a ton of high intensity exercise all the time, but also including rest days and low intensity days and doing things to help your mind and your creativity and your relationships and your emotional health. Like it's Mm -hmm. never just nutrition and exercise. I love nutrition exercise. That's my degree and my passion because Mm -hmm. it does give you tangible things to do in a waiting process. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, Sarah feels weak. Let's make sure she's getting enough, you know, B12 and iron Mm -hmm. and like, we'll talk about those things and exercise. It gives us blood flow and does help stress management. Like those things are helpful, but if we're doing them by themselves, it's not enough. Totally agree. And I, and and if you're like me and a doer and just always feel like I hold myself to this pressure of I always have to be doing. Yeah. So now that I'm recovered, so to speak, physically, I have to remind myself that my body has still been through a lot. My body is still, it still needs that rest. It still needs that time to heal and have a full night's sleep and take days off. And it hasn't been, I mean, it's been, you're almost at two years cancer. Two years. Yeah. So it hasn't been been that long. I know my doctor, my doctor, I love my doctor. She, we were talking on the phone um, and she was like, you know, this still is a fresh wound. Like give yourself grace. Like you're your own worst critic. Like take time off, do, you know, but kind of going piggybacking on what you were talking about physically, 
Yeah. Um, I talked a little bit about healing mentally and the things that I was trying to do, but physically I needed a lot of healing. I'd been through, you know, I'd been through so much chemotherapy, the side effects, oh, the side effects were horrendous. I had, this is gross probably, but I had this crazy rash. I don't even know if it was a rash. It was like discoloration of my skin of the whole back. Oh, I forgot um, that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, it, everything. So it went away after treatment, but I think that the, some of the things I, I did kind of, it sped up kind of that lymphatic drainage, all, you know, getting all of that chemo out of my body. I just really wanted to, I needed the chemo. It, it cured my cancer, but it did have a lot of side effects and I needed to like heal my body from that. Can I say one thing um, about your chemo being like toxic? Sure. We would always, I would always just, we kind of joked about it when you were in the hospital, but your nurses mm -hmm. would like glove up and get their like hazmat suits on <laughs> to like <laughs> give you the chemo because the chemo bags would say like toxic, don't touch. It has like a skull and crossbow. It or literally something. did. That? We were like, okay, do I need to like, do I need to be in a hazmat suit? <laughs> just it's like putting it straight in my veins. putting it straight into your veins. And we were like, why is she, she's gloving up like, and she's like putting on her robe and everything. Yes, this is before. I'm like. This is before COVID. COVID, so people weren't usually masked up with their protective gear on anyway. Yeah, I remember being like, hey, that's like going into my actual body. So I it's think if funny, you get but... some on your hand, it's not funny. It's not funny at all, actually. <laughs> it's not. So we have to laugh at this point. Okay. <laughs> but we would laugh um, in the moment because I think it helped. Again, laughter is part of healing for sure. But <laughs> we did have to laugh. You were like, yeah. you knew because of all of that, that, that you had put toxins in your body. It had helped. And now you needed to rejuvenate. So continue. Sorry. Yes. And I mean... Not you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand the side effects of chemo are really hard. So my body was anemic almost the whole time. I had two blood transfusions towards the end of my chemo. I was in bad shape, but I knew that little by little I needed to kind of re-nourish my body. Kathy, you helped me a lot with diet and certain things. But throughout my treatment, I was a big fan of juicing. I got on the medical medium protocol train. I was on the back bandwagon. I still am. I used a lot of plants to heal certain organs. Um, liver rescue. I don't know if anyone else is on the medical median train, but the liver rescue book is incredible. Everyone should have it. But I was a big fan of the juicing regimen. You know, when I was really sick and nauseous over treatment, I needed the Zofran. I needed the carbs. I just let myself take a break from juicing. I just, you know, there were certain times of the treatment when I couldn't juice. But post-treatment, I really was a huge fan. I tried to do it twice a day. I know that's pretty aggressive. But if you'd been through what I've been through, you probably would have done the same thing. But I was a big fan of the juice. I did eight ounces of celery juice. And then at late afternoon, I would do the eight ounces of celery, parsley, cucumbers, beets, ginger, lemon, carrots, and apples. Yum. That was kind of my, it's really delicious. And juicing is not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of washing and cleaning. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big process. So um, till still to this day, I have to give myself a little bit of grace when I'm like, shoot, I want time to juice. I try to do like a grab and go. I remember it's worth you doing the celery juice and I was like, ugh. It's, it's, it's not that tasty. <laughs> if you add apples, it's a little bit more. I mean, they say drink the celery juice on an empty stomach, but no, I added, I needed all the nutrients. Yeah. So I added all the things. Well, and, mom, and again, this is like, it's something that you could do and be 
productive with and actionable yeah. with in that time where there's not much else you could do. So that is it's another reason all this is so that, important. Exactly. And that's something too, like I felt like I was contributing to my health and yeah. what we had talked about in the last episode, how I felt so out of control when I was juicing and doing all the things I knew that I was nourishing back, putting nourishing things back into my body. And that in itself was healing. As far as exercise go, I mean, I didn't jump back into a crazy workout routine. I just, I walked in the sunlight and that was enough, you know? And then one day the walking turned into running, running turned into Pilates and workouts and stuff. But, you know, I, I really, like you said, Kathy, I just really tried to rest. Speaking about diets and Kathy, you might have some things to say about this. Remember when I was first diagnosed and I was like, okay, this is crazy. I'm going to be a vegetarian. I need to heal my body. I can do this. And then I became like crazy anemic where like I had no energy and it was like really bad. Really yeah. Bad. I'm going to tell um, people that I still have to remind her, you guys, to eat meat. <laughs> now, it's and not for everybody and it's okay to have a lot of vegetables and still be plant-based yeah. and have protein. But like sometimes your, like your body was telling you you needed it in that my time. body and yeah and you're a bit a big advocate on the meat and and this is a controversial topic okay so there's a lot of like diehard plant-based people like diehard vegans all the things but my body specifically i was so anemic i wasn't getting enough protein and that was the biggest thing once i added back protein in my diet like meat i mean specifically grass-fed and all the things kathy you can probably talk to that i felt so much better. And it's not like all of a sudden I was eating all this meat. I wasn't. I just was adding it back in a little bit here and there. And I think that that was helping my B vitamins is help giving me more energy because I was still mostly plant based. But yes, adding a little bit of, of that, you know, meat protein back into my diet was really helpful for me. Yeah. I think because once I, I actually, I didn't say too much when you were in treatment because Again, it, it was something that you felt passionate about and it gave you mm -hmm. some control. So I was like, you do you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I feel what I needed about, to hear. <laughs> I feel that about most people. I'm like, if you feel your best not eating protein, do that until it doesn't work for your body. So like, I think that we just have to be flexible. And mm -hmm. I've said this in other episodes that sometimes something works for somebody and it doesn't work for you or it works in a season and it doesn't work in another season. I'm mm -hmm. a big advocate of eating a plant-based diet. So most meals should have some plants in them. And then I, if I do work with vegans, I usually try to encourage them to consider including eggs and fish at least, you mm -hmm. know, just to get some omegas and some good healthy fats and some things, you fish, know, iron yeah. and yeah, fish and eggs, things that we know we don't get from plant foods, or at least we don't absorb as well. But again, like during your treatment, that gave you energy and health and purpose. And then your body was telling you, I needed something else. And we added back in. Yeah. You make meat. adjustments. You just have to make adjustments again. Like that may not work for somebody else. Somebody else may be feel best vegan until they don't. And then usually they need to make an adjustment and sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a season. So, yeah, but whole foods, you know, whole foods, fruits and vegetables. I mean, if that's the majority of your diet, like you're, that's a you're plus. Gonna go. You're going to be good to go. So as far as my, you know, recovery goes, food and rest really helped me. I needed to work on those two things. Also just tangible support. 
support of my doctors. I had fellow cancer survivors that were huge encouragements to me, but my friends and my family were really everything. Hey guys. So we love this podcast. We really hope you do too. This is a great way to share our story. And if you have a few minutes to rate us or review us, we would be so grateful. Yes, we are supported by you, our friends and our listeners. You have heard me mention my favorite high quality vitamin company before, Seeking Health. I have been a fan for a really long time. So when they reached out, I kind of geeked out. So anytime you guys purchase your vitamins and supplements through our affiliate code, you are supporting the Talk To Me Sister podcast. All of that information is in our show notes, but Seeking Health is also offering you guys a 10% off promotion off your next order. Use the code SISTER10 to get 10% off. That's S-I-S-T-E-R and the number 10. That's awesome. Okay, so you guys, you want quality vitamins. Remember that. Don't waste your money, whether you're buying their optimal prenatal or active folate or the probiotics. These are numero uno. They're the best. They also have a genetic test kit that you can purchase on their website and do at home. It's a saliva test. It is a roadmap for your health and guides you at what supplements are best for your specific DNA. And it can help tell you what's contributing to your chronic health conditions and tell you what to do about it. So it's amazing. And so guys, this code won't expire. So if you're listening to this at a later date, no worries at all. So go get some quality vitamins, start feeling the benefits, start feeling better. That's Seeking Health, Sister 10 to get 10% off. Thanks so much. Kathy, we talked about this a little bit before offline about the questions we always get throughout the week. You know, if someone's recently diagnosed, how can I support them as a loved one? And we might do another episode just on this topic. And I get I get this asked a lot. I have somebody text me every other week saying, hey, you know, someone just was diagnosed or they're going through a difficult time or whatever it may be. How do you think I should best support them? Can you send me some tools? And I get that question a lot. And that's why Kathy and I kind of want to do an episode about it. What are your thoughts, Kathy, is is walking through all this with me? Like, what is your best support as far as your healing and how you helped me heal and how you can support a loved one going through a difficult time. I think you're right. I think it's whether your loved one or friend is going through cancer, whether they're going through another hard time, you know, whether it's fertility or other sickness or a breakup or this is a a silly one, but it's not by my dog. Just, we just had to put my dog down. It's not silly. (laughs) I know. At all. I know. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry about her. <laughs> I'm no, so sorry. No, no. I know, Kathy, it's not small. Nothing's too small. Rilo was a family member. And people listening that have had dogs for many, many years know that they're a part of the family. Yeah, we can so, edit this part out. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say no. one, one thing that my one of, yeah. my, one of my friends just did was like bring over some kind of like I haven't opened it yet because I didn't want to cry before our episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. So <laughs> but anyway, okay. she brought over this like pet memorabilia, like rock thing that we could make. Oh, you know, and I was like thinking about the things that people did when you were sick for yeah. you and for me. And it was often that like it was often um, 
like like I I think one of our cousins who lives in town came and dropped paper goods on your front steps and I remember mm-hmm. going oh my god this is so great because there was sometimes where I would we would make food even Charlotte Charlotte was little and I would like sit make her lunches to send her lunches to school mm-hmm. and um somebody just stopped and put paper goods like plates napkins cups and didn't say anything you know didn't you know I know it's always thing yeah it's, it's always like the quiet I mean people just come out of it's just it almost makes me cry because it's like people come out of the woodworks oh, and yeah. just are there for you and it can be the silliest thing it could be you know I always think about it can I, be putting your about, dog down like it's just those yeah. things I felt so moved mm-hmm. that someone would think to do that and not come in and just set it on my front porch and I was like oh my god that's such a sweet thing so such like a, you said it's often like the quiet gentle I love you actions that I remember Mm -hmm. from you being sick that helped me as well, you know? And coming from somebody who went through it, people would always ask me, like, I feel like I want to do more for you. How can I help you? I'm praying for you. And honestly, like you were, you couldn't say what you needed. I I didn't really know how to vocalize what I need, but sometimes just a simple sweet, even if they just texted me, you know, a simple emoji, a heart, uh, I love you. Uh, I'm thinking of you. I can't imagine what you're going through. I'm thinking of you today. You are loved. I'm encouraging you today. Like something small. They didn't have to bring me a huge meal. They didn't have to like give me gifts. They didn't even have to come to the hospital because honestly, I couldn't even function to talk to people. I didn't even want them. But just knowing that that emotional support was there, knowing I was going to, you know, people were praying for me, sending me scriptures, all those things really, really helped me. Um, Obviously, when people brought me meals and everything, like we've talked about, you know, moms going through cancer is really, really tough because as moms, you want to be the fixer. You're the one that cooks the dinner. You want everybody to be happy. And when the mom's down, it's like. That's what I was going to say that I felt like I could help with as a family member. Like, I think the biggest thing you can do is be actionable, like make Charlotte's lunch. Like I, I didn't want you to have to ask me to do anything. I was like, mm-hmm. what would Sarah do? She would like wipe her kitchen yeah. cabinet. So I'm going to wipe her kitchen cabinet, yes. you know, <laughs> or like, what but would Sarah yeah. do? I'm going to go put gas in her car. Or, like I'm, you know, just trying to, cause there's something about being the mom and the wife of the house that mm-hmm. you do these things. And then if you made a whole list of all the things you did through the day and tried to get somebody else to do them, you would just always feel behind. So I think as a family member or a friend, like those are things you can do. Like you said, the texting, I think, or, or, and just like not asking, how are you or what can I do? Like, just do it. Just be hands and feet. Don't ask. I'm so glad that you said that because asking like that was overwhelming to me for people to say, how can I help you? Like, I want to be there for you. That was, I didn't even know, but I appreciated the people that just didn't ask they left it on the doorstep. They sent me the text. They, you know, they were, you just, the people that were just like showed up and like without question, they just showed up. And yeah. that was what I think really meant the most to me. You know, it was interesting going through something like that at first because I think it, it almost, the people that were silent, I know like some people didn't really know what to say to me. They knew I was going through a hard time. They didn't, know what to do but saying nothing at all was almost worse like right. I I had I had a friend reach out when I was first diagnosed 
after a couple of weeks and she was like, you know what, I've, you know, been hesitant to text you because I really don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say at all, but I just love you. And, you know, that was enough. Mm -hmm. That was enough. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't, she didn't have to say the perfect thing, but just to say something. That's the other um, thing I was going to say is also af affirming, affirming me. Like when someone mm -hmm. would say, I can't believe this is going on. I'm sure it must be so hard. I mm -hmm. love you. And that's it. Like affirming the situation is just awful. Like affirming this must be really hard. Right. I don't know what to do, but I'm praying for you. And I'd be like, yeah, amazing. Thank you. That's all I need. Like, I don't even have the energy to pray. I don't even know what to say out loud to God right now, except for help. Yeah. So I was talking to Mani, Mani, our grandmother, for those listening, battled uterine cancer the same uh, during the same time I was battering, battling a uterine type cancer. So it was kind of wild, wild, but you know, it skipped a generation, but my grandmother, I mean, Kathy will say this too. She's like the wisest woman and she's like our everything. Um, and is. we talk all the time and hopefully we'll call, we want to, we got to get her on the podcast. We're going to go visit. She's hilarious. Put her but, up on the mic. <laughs> I can't wait for that day. But she would tell me, I would say, what can I do to help my anxiety? What can I do to help my fear? I can't function. I'm so fearful. And she, you know, she's a woman of faith too, but she said the same thing. She was like, sometimes I don't know how to pray. I just, I just call out to Jesus. I say, help. <laughs> she's real <laughs> she kind says, help. She says, I say, help. Help me. Bless her. Help me. Makes but, me sad. <laughs> I know she's so sweet, but, but yeah, I think that, I mean, sometimes you don't even know how to help yourself and you don't even know how to help other people, but just to sh showing up, being present, saying something doing the, the quiet servant kind of things like you were saying is speaks louder than a lot of words. I have one so. more thing to say about that. Okay. So I'm listening to the Bible recap and I'm plugging it because it's fantastic. It's also a Ooh. podcast. Uh -huh. It helps you read the Bible in a year. I have learned more listening to like that six minutes every day that I have in a really long time. And anyway, just like in terms of Bible interpretation, so someone who has been a believer for a long time and read those scriptures, it's like you kind of know what you're reading. And so it's nice to have a new way of looking at it. So anyway, we were reading through Job, which is just like a brutal book. You know, when I think about Job, all that book is, so I thought, was about Job's misery. <laughs> like he of course overcame in the end, but in the beginning he like loses his family, all of his kids, his wife, his home, his job, his crops. Mm -hmm. Like he just has a really just the worst situation you can ever imagine happens to this man. Of mm -hmm. course at the end God redeems and he has a new family and you know everything. But you don't know that going through it you're like, "Oh god, the kid SOS." Yeah, you're like, "I I literally yeah, I'm like I can't read this. I'm just I can't I'm just read so it. Sad. I know. How does it end? Please tell us." I know. <laughs> Well, well, the one thing I learned from Job from the, like for a while, I've heard this, but I was like, now, you know, when you go through things in your life and then you read something again and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, the Job is actually about how to help people who are going. Yeah. Yes. So what happens yeah. is after all this crap hits the fan and Job's family's gone and he's, you know, he has like three friends who come and sit with him for seven days. And they don't say anything. And I'm pretty sure that's how like the Jewish tradition of, um, I want to say Shiva, 
where people sit and shiver. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 So I'm pretty sure that's where that came from. But anyway, his friends come for his three days and they mourn with him. They sit in silence for seven days and all of this is going well. Job is feeling comforted. He's feeling not alone. And then after seven days, his friends start to say things and man, they just mess it up. They're like, oh, God told me this and that. And they they start giving him advice. Mm. And it's clearly, they say, oh, God told me this. And it's clearly not of God, this advice. Yeah. And so it made me think, it just reminded me of what people need is your presence. They don't need you Mm -hmm. to say anything. They don't need you to give give advice. And I remember when you were sick, I did. I had people send me stuff about wild cancer treatments in Mexico and this and that and the other. And I couldn't even look at it. I was like, I can't, y'all stop sending advice and recommendations and supplements and treatment options. Sarah is doing that. We are doing that. Sometimes you just need people to be present and silent and love on you. Cause the moment, Mm -hmm. even in scripture, these people started giving advice and just really botching it. And I was like, this is so real. (laughs) This is so real to this day because first of all, I love that because I'm not trying to compare myself to Job because Lord, poor Job. Yeah. But I, I feel that on like a deep level because when I just had the friends that didn't say anything, they didn't need to give me advice. They didn't need to tell me anything special. They didn't ask me questions. They just sat with me and they were just there and they were just there for support. They t- went on a walk with me and just, it was like a comfortable, like, like a warm blanket. And I so feel that that's so important. Going back to the advice thing. I remember when I was first diagnosed. Yeah. I I even had people being like, have you heard of this crazy cancer treatment? Have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? And that was overwhelming to me because I felt like I had already decided me and my oncologist were like, you know, my specific cancer was very chemo sensitive. There was very good facts and results about this chemo regimen. I trusted it and I believed it. And you know what? For me, I had no other choice but to believe it was going to work. The The mental part of me believing that that treatment was the right plan for me was just as important. I couldn't get bogged down with what people were saying to the right and to the left of me. I couldn't believe that oh, this might not work because I should have done the treatment in Mexico or whatever. Like I had to kind of trust that God had this brilliant doctor for me and I had to trust that this path that I chose was the right one. I mean, that was so important. So I really it was. Valued... Look at you now. I know. Boom, I know. Um, one thing I didn't mention throughout healing was cannabis and RSO oil, which oh, I yeah. didn't really tell my doctor I was going to do this, but I uh, <laughs> partook. Um, no, in in that some and just some miracle it, marijuana, you guys. Actually, I I will say that I I took it in the hospital and they didn't even blink an eye. I chemo made. I mean, it was the only way I was able to sleep. And honestly, it was a miracle plant. And we can do a whole. I actually want to do a whole podcast episode just on cannabis and I would RSO. Love to learn more on. Can you tell us what RSO is? I don't know. So don't RSO remember. is is Rick Simpson oil. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you can Google it. And there's actually a lot of stories out there where people have healed cancer and certain diseases that they have had on the cannabis oil or RSO. I believe it. Um. Anyways, that is not the regimen I chose. I mean, I chose conventional medicine, but I did rely on it to battle side effects and, ha- and sleep and, you know, 
physically heal. And, and I, I'm a firm believer in that plant. I'm one of those people. So we, we should do a whole episode on just that because it's, it's fascinating. And um, cannabinoids are, you know, powerful, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty powerful. Well, but. I think that's a really good example. Maybe we can end here. A good example mm-hmm. that you doesn't have to be one thing that you've got, like you can kind of you can walk the line of Western medicine and Eastern medicine and plant-based and diet and nutrition Mm -hmm. and juices and cannabinoids and all of the things, you know, of course, ask Mm -hmm. your doctor, do all the things, but it's often not just one line of treatment that is beneficial. And there's just even the mental benefit of having all of those things on your side is, it's just hope. It's more hope. It's more hope. You got to get it from all the places. And you always say, Kathy, be your own advocate. And those were some ways I could be my own advocate advocate during a time that was felt really scary. So um, we hope that we found this a little bit encouraging. Feel free to email us. Ask us questions. We would love to answer emails. Um, Our questions. email will be in yeah. the show notes. It's talktomesister at gmail.com and talk to the number two me sister at gmail.com so if you have questions or anything you want us to cover uh, Mm -hmm. but other ways to connect with us will be in the show notes yeah so thank you for listening today thank you guys i we know that these topics can be a little heavier but they're so important to address i think i I, hopefully it was insightful for people who are walking through hard things with people so or healing on their own journey exactly all right thanks for listening talk to you guys later Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. This is the platform that we use to record and produce our podcast. Guys, we are not tech savvy. I was so overwhelmed thinking about how to start a podcast, but we knew that it was the best and easiest way for us to share our story. And Anchor has been so easy to use and really intuitive for anyone, no matter how comfortable you are with podcasting or technology. They simplify it for you. So you can record your episodes, add music, activate sponsorship, and distribute your podcast to Apple, Spotify, and all other listening platforms, all through Anchor. So download the Anchor app for free or visit anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Have fun.